Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen, here with Alex King and Daniel Mangana. Today is Tuesday, April the 14th, 2020. It's 4 p.m. New York time, and wherever you are in the world, thanks for joining us for another episode of LOA Today, your daily dose of happy. And I just noticed that my setting just went awry, so we'll have to live with that for a bit because now my, my background looks really funky. But you know, <laughs> these things happen. I still haven't figured out the technology on this. I, I'm an IT guy. I haven't figured out the technology. Go figure. Isn't well, you know what green, it looks like? Green? What does it look like? I was going to say, it looks like you're in space, but you're looking out of the spaceship window. <laughs> <laughs> Good explanation. I like that. Thanks. I try. <laughs> yeah. Much better than my explanation, which is like, the green screen just ended up in the corners. What's going on there? <laughs> I too didn't have as an exciting uh, <laughs> explanation as Alex. <laughs> I'd say we go with the exciting one. That seems more bountifully fun. I like okay. that one. Yeah. You know, I like the <laughs> idea of looking outside the spaceship, especially yeah. now that we're entering an era. People are actually dreaming about going to Mars these days, mm-hmm. which is really wild. One know? of my friends told me he's going to be taking the first rocket to live on the moon in 2024. Yeah. Yeah. I was oh, like, yeah. all right. Well, you know. there's, a, there's a rocket in 2024. That's what he's saying. He sent me links and everything. I was like, okay. (laughs) Could you send me those links? That would be interesting to look at. I got to dig deep into my Instagram, but I will find them for you. Please. I would like to, I would like to know the statistical probability of my visiting the moon in my lifetime. Yeah. Oh, he's not visiting. He's moving there. I think that'd be cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I I think it's great. Personally, I'm not going anywhere, but you know, (laughs) go for it. You know, I'll be streaming from space. That's right, yeah. The internet three to five second delay. You know, we can live five second delay. He'll be closer to the satellite than we are. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The satellites will be, I'll be waving at the satellites, transmitting the data to you back on Earth. Coming to you live from outer space. <laughs> Talk about time zones. He'll be in a different light year. Yeah. <laughs> how will I know what time it is? Have you ever wondered how on... So obviously we do our dates and our times around mm. the sun and the moon. Yeah. So on Star Trek, how are they calculating the, the star date? Like what's the star date based on? Mm. Well, what it, does the star it, date mean? Tell me what star date one two four nine six eight point seven means. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and on and on Battlestar Galactica, centons, are they seconds and seconds? Are they based around seconds? I don't it watch either like of those it. shows, so I don't know what to tell you. A cent well, sounds like a one one hundredth of a minute kind of a thing. I mean, that's what I assume because it's got the word cent in it. So you know, one one hundredth would, would kind of make sense. But I don't know mm. what it is. I think they just made it up because it sounded cool. <laughs> I think I think the newer Battlestar Galactica, the remake that they did, was interesting. They did something really different. And I thought it was cool based on anyone who's looked at the um, alternative ideas for where life on earth came from mm-hmm. we find that a very interesting show the way it turned out in the end and the old school battle star galactica is just 60s sci-fi man like you just can't you can't oh, beat yeah. 60s sci-fi <laughs> 60s and 70s sci-fi is just cool especially when they they did like the later series where they were they actually made it to earth and then you've got mm-hmm. like space technology and stuff on earth in the 70s that now is like normal technology like <laughs> it's a telecom it's a really big mobile phone (laughs) (laughs) like we are in the future okay i'm stopping my i I used to be a trekkie and i I have to say that uh, one of my favorite 
scenes from an early Star Trek was where Dr. McCoy ends up on Earth in the 21st, 22nd century, something like that, and is absolutely pulling his hair out over this primitive medicine that they're practicing. He's from much further in the future, you know, medical um, position, so to speak. And he ends Mm -hmm. up in a hospital. And as he, he, they're they're trying, I don't remember what they're trying to do. They're trying to do some sort of thing to rescue somebody and save the earth or something like that. But Mm -hmm. at one point he moves past this woman who's waiting to be treated in the hospital. And she recognizes him as a doctor and says, doctor, I can't get any help here. He says, well, what's the problem? She says, well, they're trying to get me onto the the dialysis, but you know, I I can't even get onto the dialysis schedule. And he rolls his eyes, says dialysis, what a primitive culture, hands her a pill and walks off. She takes the (laughs) pill, is cured of all of her kidney problems. She's jumping up and down. Oh, the doctor (laughs) cured me. The doctor (laughs) cured me. (laughs) Is that the one one where they came back to earth to get the whales because they needed the whale song? It might have been that one. Yeah, it might have been that wow. one. That was yeah. a fun one. Yeah. But it was And great. then Spock's on the train like New <laughs> <laughs> York and whatever. <laughs> that was a good one. I might go back and watch those again. <laughs> Probably YouTube. Yeah, well, No, sure. I just get it on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Uh sure. true, true. Either one. They both work. Amazon so. Prime. Hey, Alex, Alex, you had something sensible to discuss. Yeah, you had an actual topic for us. What was that? (laughs) Sensible. (laughs) Other than me living my sci-fi. Living out your sci-fi fantasies. (laughs) The geek just came out quite happily. It's okay. Nerd it up. It's fine. (laughs) But yes, today's my subject was dreams. Dreams. Dreams and dreaming and dreamers alike. Dreams. (laughs) <laughs> I could have done that. Wow, you're going back to the 50s. I mean, you're really just moving back there. It's amazing. What can I say? <laughs> I'm an interdimensional being that just moves through time like this. You're good at it, too. And you're fast. Yeah. It's quick like a bunny. Last, last, geeky, last geeky comment about that. Did anyone see the um, the film with Kevin Spacey where he said he was an alien yes and he was in the mental institution yeah and, and they were like prove it and then he was like i'm gonna travel faster the speed of light he goes i'm back <laughs> <laughs> do that again okay i'm back <laughs> that was a great movie totally underrated totally yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll leave talk of actors that shouldn't spoken oh forgot about that yeah yeah i just remembered yeah darn you and your talent and then your dark side <laughs> the debauchery yeah <laughs> debauchery was he convicted i don't think uh, he's... No, not I yet i believe so no then it's alleged i alleged. i hold faith that he may not be a kiddie fiddler we'll see. <laughs> I think I'll died. <laughs> False accusations do happen. They do happen. I know. No, it was it was the title that killed me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, on to I, I don't think dreams are going to match up to this. I mean, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about dreams. But there must yeah, have been something, something that kicked it off for you. I mean, what made you think about dreams? What brought that up as a topic? It's a good one. Don't get me wrong. It came in a dream. on the other I, scale, yeah, but, you know. It came in a dream. I was dreaming about it. Dream, what, are we, what are we going to talk? I always go to bed and I go, what are we going to talk about on Tuesday? 
And then in my dream, I, I pictured us having the conversations about dreams as I was dreaming. So. Oh my God, I know what you did. You did dream planting. You accidentally did dream planting. Dream Explain. incubation, sorry. So um, there's two things here. One is dream incubation and one is dream planting, dream seeding, which I'm learning about at the moment. Um, dream seeding, you actually communicate with whatever level of consciousness and invite it to speak through your dreams. And there's a whole process of dream seeding, dream planting, dream seeding, one of the two. Dream incubation is more mental. It's not really going into different levels of consciousness. It's literally talking about the dream, dream consciousness directly. And there's a process I've started practicing where you write a specific worded statement. So you go through a pre-screen process where you, you literally visualize wiping your mind. So you create this really clean space mm-hmm. and then you set the intention uh, that whatever challenge you're dealing with will be that your dreams will communicate with you, the answer. And then you, you go to sleep and let it go. And then when you get up, you record your dreams and you look for the symbolism that matches to your, to your answer. So you've actually been accidentally dream incubating by going to sleep thinking what we're going to have a show about and then the answer came to you in the dream nice look at me i hadn't heard the term but i've certainly heard me the process numerous i can send times. you the the information on the dream incubation certainly yeah yeah, yeah so it's an email there's a, a podcast i stumbled on when i was obsessively looking into the lucid dreaming before mm-hmm. and uh i stumbled on a podcast episode really cool i signed i subscribed to the email list of the guy who was doing the dreamy talk and then um yeah that's part and parcel of the goodness that came across. Linda nice. Armstrong, who does the uh, Friday podcast with me, calls it going to night school. Ah, I like it. I to look at it. <laughs> in other words, she puts out there what it is, you know, maybe she has something in mind, maybe she doesn't, but uh, she'll put out to her spirit guides or whatever, you know, okay, put me through, through some night school. Give me some good downloads here. I need some downloads to work with. Mm. You know? I'm, 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 I'm doing more work with the dream space because um, as I've been – playing with other levels of consciousness, I just find it fascinating how much goodness is available in the dream space. Mm-hmm. And then um, from the reality transurfing work that I'm doing at the moment, um, one of the postulations is that dream experience is actually another level of actual existence. So your conscious, it's like another strand of your consciousness expansively, just like we have our conscious awareness, we have mental by There's almost like an, an astral expression of you that has entire different lifelines that it experiences at the dream level of consciousness that's why we experience ourselves in different forms and different skin and different situations in the dream space just as we have alternate lifelines here in our physical life we have them in our dream lives too so some really 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 cool um fun diving around i'm doing with that now Finding the links between the two, common thread, mm-hmm. seeing where that pulls in, using it for healing. Really, really cool, fun stuff. Really nice. Cool, fun stuff. So you're, you're putting stuff out that you want to have happen, or are you just kind of open to whatever comes through? Or, what, I mean, what's your intention? So, so right now, like I said, I'm Luigi Chambra, who's one of the, um, the lucid dreaming coaches for the Monroe Institute, who basically, like Robert Monroe, pioneered a lot of this consciousness stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, my obsession really started after I did a couple of podcasts with him. Mm-hmm. One for one of my programs and one for my actual podcast that I haven't put out yet. But he's just really excited about it. And so I want to dedicate myself to it properly. So I've got it on my to-do list to really dive deep. I want to do like an in-person retreat or something, like spend a week really diving deep on it. But for now, I've got, got a few practices I'm playing with just to just explore 
Getting the it feel of them. Things of it, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. But I plan to dive deep with it and like go full on lucid dreaming because you can create visceral effects in your three dimensional world. Because mm-hmm. there's, you know, Dr. Joe has shown through his research things done and also Bruce Lipton to, uh, I would actually say Bruce Lipton even more, to be honest, the biology of belief that our biology is deeply affected by, by what's going on in our mind. And the dream space can have really profound effects on the mental arena. So if you literally consciously go in and change things in your body, for example, in the dream space, it can have a deep rooted shift in the belief system, which can have a follow effect on the body. And Mm -hmm. that's where you can explain the link between people healing themselves with lucid dreaming and actually experiencing a a physical healing, but also the same for manifestation, I think. Very cool. Yeah. It, well, it's, it's a fascinating subject in general. I like the idea that you're just kind of exploring it. You don't really have any agenda in mind. Have you gotten anything, any cool uh, insights or anything out of it? Yeah, there's been a lot of, even down to, because I think I said to you guys, I'm doing like a deep s- series of therapy work on NLP, hypnotherapy and timeline therapy. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so much unresolved stuff is coming up. Ooh. But I'm seeing even directions on where to work from the dream and from recurring patterns in the dreams. Nice. Um, it's been very, very, very fun. Just watching it. Like it's, when you start paying attention to what's coming up in the dreams, yeah. make note of it and so on and so forth. And they say, hang on a minute. I've had that same theme has been coming up. So there's one been coming up with me about my high school, like different oh. dreams, but in the same building. Mm-hmm. Me too. Like, and um, have you had a thought about what it means for you or you just paid, paid mind to it? I always assume I'm dreaming about certain people from high school because I need to get in contact with them. Okay. Well, that's a powerful agreement to subscribe to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And have you been contacting them? Well, I'm always in contact with them via Facebook. So, okay. but I do check in on them like, hey, you, you're doing all right. You know, I'm not going to say I had a dream. Are you okay? Like, I'm not going <laughs> to freak people out, you know? <laughs> Up until a couple of years ago, I had a little bit of contact with high school friends, but my, my, it's interesting. My sister is still like friends with all her best friends in high school. Mm, yep. I didn't really have like friends, friends, friends. I was a bit of a, I had people that I walked to school with, but they generally kind of just allowed me to walk to school with them. <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling. It's like, I remember there was this one guy, um, I'm not going to call his name out, but I think he kind of only walked to school with me because otherwise he would have been walking to school by himself. Um, so you got a default friend i got a default friend and there was one (laughs) that i thought was my friend the time that i was heartbroken is that there's one guy that lived literally so my road was here there was a road across and his was that road there so Mm -hmm. and we'd walked to school like our first year once we discovered we lived close to each other Mm -hmm. and i thought oh yeah he's my best friend and then he was talking about his best friend and it wasn't me and that's what i was like oh i see i do not have a friend here well, you still have a another... friend, <laughs> just no, not your best friend, but you can have no, multiple best friends. I was just, no, I wasn't Oh, even, buddy. Yeah, I was the person you walked to school with. So I was like, okay, cool. Oh. Um, <laughs> it, was, um, it, was, it was interesting because my, my sister's best friends with the people she went to school with still mm-hmm. to this day. Mm-hmm. But with the, so we moved to this area in my last year of, I think we call it, ju- we call it junior school. I don't know what you call it because it's not quite middle school. Yeah, it's junior high over here. 
Yeah. So when I was 11, how, what's, what, what thing are you when you were 11? Uh, sixth grade. Sixth grade. So yeah, when I was in sixth grade, we moved to a new area. So I had my <laughs> sixth grade in a new area, a part way through the year. My sister was in fifth grade. So she had two years in the school. So she made friends. So when she moved to high school, she had two years of building up relationships with the people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She went, so she's been friends with them basically since she was 10. Yeah. With the same people. Whereas I was bullied at that school, so I didn't have any friends. So then when we went to the high school, I was like, okay, so. Poor <laughs> buddy. Long story short, I didn't actually have, don't really have any high school friends. So I actually thought that that was actually part and parcel of what the, the dreams were having me do go mm. back and deal with that situation because I've grown. I'm really not the same person mm-hmm. from that time, mm-hmm. but this stuff that probably not been resolved. So I'm just going in and dealing with blame, anger, resentment and stuff around those relationships, relationship dynamics. And also high school was a big fork in the road for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's what I think it's been coming up for me. That's interesting. A couple of points that you made there are really interesting to me. First of all, I, I had very much the same experiences as you had. I could count on one hand the number of people that I could really count on as being friends. And the number of people later on that I wanted to talk to was down to two fingers. <laughs> so I'm the only one enjoying my high school reunions. Is that what we're saying? <laughs> I'm never going to go back. I, I, wow. The, the, the funny thing, Walt, I used it to really fire me up. So I got the head teacher's prize. I was on the honors roll of my school. I got mm-hmm. senior prefect. And I deliberately got the prefects. I went for it more because even like one of the teachers was like, oh, he's never going to get it. Hold on, time mm-hmm. out. Prefect is a real thing? I oh, thought yeah. it was just a Harry Potter thing. No, 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 no. We have prefects <laughs> and then we have senior yeah. prefect. What is, what is a prefect exactly? A prefect is like an honored student who's trusted by the, by the staff to support them in like managing right. the students. Oh, like, snitch. Okay. No, no, no. Is, is it basically the same role as in the Harry Potter books? Yes, Except same role. Without the magic okay. wands. Okay. It's exactly the same, but I was the head prefect. Oh, okay. That's the equivalent of head boy in Harry Potter. I, I was a head boy. I, I was a head boy. <laughs> I was head boy. I was head boy. So uh, it was right, because right. I, was the, I was the first black person on the honors roll ever in the school. It's 100 and something in history. Wow. Okay. Senior prefect as well, so. Wow. Nice. Which wasn't difficult because there weren't really any black people. <laughs> I, I say it like it was like a thing. A big thing. Yeah. But it, it really wasn't. <laughs> it's like statistically, but I've still got the claim. But, um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's the same as Harry Potter, basically. Cool. So anyway, that was one of the first things that I, I lashed onto that you said that I really, um, really caught my attention. The other thing, and Maybe this becomes a, a further topic of conversation. When you were talking about how you were exploring, you know, how the dreams are interacting with with uh, your past life and, and how you become a different person, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, how, basically you were you were mapping out your growth process, and it, it put a thought in my head because, in my mind, I'm the same person I was when I was five, but. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I've grown. In mm-hmm. other words, it's both. Yeah. It's both. On the one hand, I'm the same person. On the other hand, I've grown into a more fuller me, if you will. And so I'm wondering, is from your perspective, is that part of what you explore when you're doing dream explorations? I would say to some extent, yeah. Okay. Definitely. But 
the thing is, I, I hear what you're saying about being the same person, but I've literally, I've done work deliberately to completely remake myself. Mm-hmm. So I've, mm-hmm. I've gone in with the intention of really creating a completely new timeline. <laughs> yeah. just, carrying, just carrying a couple of, like, I like that, that, that. Right. That's a bit, thank you for the lessons. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be over here in the new timeline with out you (laughs) those those energetic strands are still tied over and Mm -hmm. exist in space so i'm basically continuing the growth that i've done mentally Mm -hmm. with my mind uh, and physically creating the bonds with that energetically too through the dream space Mm -hmm. yeah that's a good way of describing it i i find that for myself when i'm looking at my life, you, you mentioned how there were like certain areas, like, you know, we're, we're going to leave that part out. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I understand that. I get that there's actually a large chunk of my life that I want to leave it out. Except when I realized that was also when I did some of my, my best growing, I didn't know it at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Only now. And, and this is something Joel used to tell me all the time. I used to shake my head and say, what on earth are you talking about? But it's true. <laughs> I now look back at it and I say to myself, wow, I did some great growing there. I didn't feel like I was growing at the time, but looking back, it's very clear to me I was Mm. doing some great growth then. And so on the one hand, I have done work to try to change my um, perception of what happened at that time. On the other hand, I'm now at the point where I just accept what I went through and what I did at that point as being a good thing. Mm -hmm. In other words, it's just part of who I am. Yeah, it, it's a really interesting marriage, so to speak. You know, on the mm. one hand, I wanted to rewrite it. On the other hand, mm. I want it just the way it was. Yeah, I agree. Mm. You know what that's like? Yeah. Yeah, I'm it's having just... uh, some dreams of it's it's recurring. It's always going back to senior prom, which was a very traumatic <laughs> night for me. Okay. So senior prom is, is a is a traumatic night for a lot of people. <laughs> well, no, it wasn't supposed to be because no. I'm a very very popular person. But no, I um. There was an incident where my date ended up acting inappropriate, so we ended mm. up not going to prom together. But I didn't realize what he had did was ask someone else. So I showed up, he had my ticket, gave it to someone else, and I got kicked out of my prom. So I never oh, had to go. Geez. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, oh. didn't make you spit on the screen. But <laughs> so never is it full dress, everything, and I end up going home. So Oh, wow. Reoccurring nightmares of me actually going to prom and like I'm recreating it in my mind, like me being there and dancing and having fun with my friends. And yeah, I have that dream all the time. I'm so but, glad there was no prom in my school. I, 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 I'm sorry that you had to go through that. But it made me who I am today. So it's, I'm not that sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, exactly. Hashtags are not sorry. <laughs> That's a good way to describe it because it's on mm-hmm. the one hand, on the other hand. I mean, yeah, exactly. there's both pieces to it. I think that's, mm-hmm. that's a really, I mean, as someone who specializes in talking about transformation, that's a really, um, that's a really, a really fine line to walk. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I am sorry that you had to go through that experience, right. but I'm also glad that you did have the growth from it. Yeah. It's like yeah. holding both. Yeah. So everything can be there to support us and help us grow if we claim that. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that we don't have an emotional response to the path itself. So, for right. example, my, my, my grandparents, when they died, mm-hmm. even that death has the opportunity within it to support my growth in experiencing mm-hmm. that passing on. Mm-hmm. But does that mean that I'm like, well, 
And then TF My House is good. Bye, Grampy. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know what I mean? It's yeah. being able to gently hold your emotional response to a situation mm-hmm. whilst at the same time honoring that it does have a purpose. Yeah. I think that for me, that dance is a big part of being human. Mm-hmm. Mm. When I you agree. said that, it cued something in my mind, not necessarily dream related, although I guess perhaps it does tie into dreams <laughs> in some way. But you mentioned um, your, your grandparents dying and what your reaction was and response was and so forth. And it reminded me of when my uncle on my mom's side died back in the early 1980s. He contracted a form of cancer and passed from that. Mm-hmm. And the reason it's so meaningful now, as I think back on it, is my last conversation with him was by phone. It was within days of his passing. Mm-hmm. And he had been very much on what at the time we called a health kick. But a what, health kick? yeah, what today we would just call being a, a uh, conscious creator, being somebody who is into, um, focusing on what they want and not on what they don't want and learning how to heal the body from within and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. At the time it was considered nuts, but mm-hmm. today we would consider it to be, you know, pretty cool. And my uncle was an adherent to it. And yet I asked him, well, you know, we, we've got the latest prognosis from you. It's not good. What happened to this thing you were working on? What happened to this thing that you've been telling us about all this time? And in a very tired voice, he said to me, this is the last thing he ever said to me. I'll tell you about it another time. Wow. Yeah. Deep. And that stuck with me. Yeah. I mean, literally talk about dreams. There were times that would come up in my dreams. Mm-hmm. And I think it, I kind of used it as a way to kind of discount anything that was related to positive thinking, you know, because I'd taken some positive thinking. I, I took the Anthony Robbins unlimited power course and, you know, I'd done some other stuff like that, but I was also discounting it and saying, well, this stuff doesn't really work. And that would be one of the ways I'd reinforce mm-hmm. myself. Well, it doesn't really work. It didn't save my uncle, did it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, but now that I look back on it today, I say to myself, he was really onto something. Mm-hmm. He, he maybe hadn't learned how to totally integrate it, but he was definitely onto something. So mm-hmm. I may have seen, may, I may have thought it was crazy at the time. Today, I'm grateful to him for having given me that early exposure to it. Mm. Now, how did that play out in my dream life? I can't tell you exactly. I don't remember all my dreams anyway. Most of them I just kind of skip. Mm-hmm. But I do know that at times it has played a role sometimes in, you know, dreams often they seem like they don't make any sense. Like that's the context I'm thinking of. Like that would pop up. I think what on earth does that have to do with this other thing that I'm dreaming about? Mm-hmm. But it would still pop up periodically. And and I I guess I'm saying this just to point out, I don't really know what dreams mean necessarily. I, mm-hmm. I guess it, a lot of it has to do with what meaning we attach to them. But for me, the meaning isn't so much in what the dreams are. The meaning is what I got out of it. Yeah. Because what I've gotten out of it is, wow, I have an uncle who was onto this stuff before anybody else. How cool is that? Mm. <laughs> That's the reframe, right? That's yeah. the claim, the claim of reframe. Well, not even reframe. That is your framing. You, it is framing. frozen. Huh? to see this whole situation through the empowered viewpoint of, hey, I've got this point of gratitude. And I think in terms of managing transitions into empowering lifelines for ourselves in our world, a big thing that supports us being able to do that is being able to look at a situation and whether automatically because we've trained ourselves to do so, or consciously as we're breaking the habit of doing something else, 
claim mm. the gift in it. Mm -hmm. And again, that for me, that the dance of being an expansive human is, okay, I am sad. I had a lovely uncle who was there for me. We got on really well and he passed. Mm -hmm. However, in his passing, I had this beautiful gift. Yeah. And I can either focus my attention on the part of the experience where he passed, or I can focus my attention on the beauty of the time that we had together mm -hmm. and the gift that came to me in that time. Mm -hmm. And doing that without bypassing and doing that without suppressing and pushing stuff down, but genuinely accepting the whole situation and claiming that, that for me is mastery. Mm -hmm. That's a very good definition too. I like that mm -hmm. definition and description all in one. So now, okay. So we've been, Daniel and I have been kind of uh, jumping on your topic here. How does this uh, affect your thinking about why you brought the topic up in the first place? Have we given you ideas? Alex? Um, yes, I actually had a question. Okay. Have either of you had dreams where you're pretty sure that someone who has passed has had brought that dream to you? 100% true, yes. Mm -hmm. My father. Daniel? Yeah, your father? My father, within about two months after his passing, because I and wanted was, him to. What was the dream? We met, I don't know exactly where it was. It was a college campus on a hill, but what college? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> But it was a college campus on a hill, and we met on the sidewalk on, next to the campus and had this long conversation. We hugged, we talked, we touched. The touching was more real than anything I've ever experienced in a dream before. Mm -hmm. uh, and before it, I was in a pretty good place. After mm -hmm. it, I was in totally at peace. Totally. Everything was just, I mean, it was, I, I missed my dad. I, I wasn't grieving. I, I actually did, believe it or not, I did all my grieving before my dad died. Very mm -hmm. strange experience, but I did all of my grieving before he died and it shocked the hell out of me because when he died, I, I realized I was done. I said, how can mm -hmm. that be? I don't understand. <laughs> I thought you were supposed to grieve afterward, but Not no, I, had done, I had done mine before, but mm -hmm. nevertheless, there was a little piece of me that said, yeah, I just kind of miss talking with my dad, mm -hmm. especially since my, my dad died from complications due to Parkinson's, which means it affected his okay. mouth, which means he couldn't talk very well the last few months. Oh. And I missed being able to talk with him when he could still talk, when he could think clearly oh. and all that kind of stuff, which was a few yeah. years back, you know? And I just, I was just kind of missing that and saying, I really want to have another conversation with my dad. And that's when I had the dream. Mm. Yeah. But there's something that comes up from that wall is that you've almost experienced to some extent what I would say that grieving is. It's grieving is a process of getting from where you are in, the, in pain to accepting what is mm -hmm. yeah and you got to the space of accepting what is in advance of what was to come yeah just not the normal order that's all <laughs> <laughs> so, well who's to say what the normal order is <laughs> well, not exactly. normal for me anyway <laughs> yeah so, so when when your father did pass on you'd already accepted that he's going to pass on mm. and you'd had the process you've gone through the process of coming to terms with what what is because so then you didn't need to go through the process of having to come to terms with what is because you'd already, you'd already done that. Mm -hmm. It's also strange too, because they talk about how there's what five stages of, of grieving. Uh, mm -hmm. and I don't remember what they all are. And mm -hmm. I, I did them backwards. <laughs> <laughs> I did them out of order entirely. <laughs> so apparently there's nothing normal about the way I grieve. <laughs> there's nothing normal about the way I grieve either. I grieve instantly. Instantly? Instantly. Okay. What does that yeah. mean? Uh, 
within 24 hours, I'm like, eh, well, that sucks. It is what it is. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't grieve at all. Like, because I accept that everybody's going to die. Right. I don't That's how I go, feel. I don't even have like the initial kick. I'm like, okay. I'm more feeling bad for other people. Like they're like, oh my God, grandma died. I, and I'm like, I feel, bad that they don't, I feel bad that they're making a thing out of something that was going to happen anyway. Mm-hmm. Especially if like someone was ill. It's like, yeah, but we, we kind of knew that was going to happen. I feel like Larry David. Yeah, a lot of yeah. the time. When it comes to like, people passing, I feel like Larry David. So like my, my last grand, my last grandparent to pass was in her 90s. She'd had a really good inning. And yeah. everyone's crying and I'm like. She's 90. She's in her 90s. <laughs> she's, she's been here a while. She's had some she's time. Been, she's been ill a little while now. Yeah. She's at peace. Yeah. So when it's kids and stuff like that, I'm like, oh, that's a bit. Ugh. Mm. Yeah. Bit of a rough one. But at the but same time. We know not the day nor the hour. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm and also way. since that's become a lot stronger as well since, um, since I really, really actually genuinely started to believe with alternate timelines and everything happening now. Mm-hmm. I'm like, so I wonder what meat suit they're in now. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Facts. Facts. That's a good like, well, that, that was a short run, but. <laughs> The game continues. Moving mm-hmm. on. <laughs> now, do you find that's an Asperger's trait? Because I, I feel like it is. I, I think the ability to, not the the emotional response or that mm-hmm. thereof, but the ability to process the fact that everybody's, everybody's going gonna, to gonna go. It's Right. So it's like even when I did um, the... This new, well, it's going to be like a almost a video panel series thing. The trans, the trifecta of transformation, with my two friends That's Nathan a and Ayazel. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Nathan and Ayazelle, and uh, we, we did our first show a couple of weeks ago, and um, and we're talking about certain things. It's like, well, the worst that's going to happen is I die, and that was mm-hmm. always going to be the worst that could happen. So I don't know why my emotional state around life should change. Because mm. the worst that could happen hasn't changed, so I guess I'm going to be okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I think that probably is the one and zero binary function of the Asperger's mind in action. Thank you, Asperger's. I like the I like the the way that you guys are describing how it doesn't get through to you in a big way, and I think it's largely true for me too. What really kind of sealed the deal for me was when I heard Abraham Hicks talking about it because I don't know if you've ever heard them answering questions along this line, but they make fun of death. (laughs) 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 They do. They, in their own words, they try to be as disrespectful of death as possible because they think (laughs) that humans take it too seriously. In fact, they they won't call it death. They call it croaking just to be really disrespectful about it. And oh, wow. it's appropriate, I think, if you if you realize what the perspective is telling you. What the perspective is telling you is, it's again, to use one of their phrases, it's no different from getting up off the stage and leaving the stage. Mm. That's all it really is. Mm-hmm. Because we continue. We always will continue. That's mm-hmm. in the nature of being source energy. Source energy doesn't get destroyed. Mm-hmm. Source energy continues. We are source energy. Therefore, we continue. It's all, you know, it's a direct continuation that goes on and on and on and uh, according to some psychics apparently we've we've chosen to incarnate multiple times i i was told 
my wife and I were both told that we had, uh, I think we had together some 1,300 lifetimes. Those are just the ones together. And I'm thinking, boy, were we busy. I mean, holy. Yeah. (laughs) I I think my my first experience with with meeting someone that was consciously aware of ongoing loops of relationship was my Mm -hmm. friend Tom. Mm -hmm. Um, The first time we met in in physical form, we knew each other through Facebook because we're in a, a group together and we'd had some exchanges and they seemed really cool. Then we met in person and he walks up to me, he goes, Dan, he goes, I'm Tom Crass. Just wanted you to know that you and I have been reincarnating as best friends for the last 5,000 years. <laughs> Speak to you soon. And, walk off. and I was like, I was like, sounds legit. And that's what I was like. What the, what the, why does that sound legit? I've never had a conversation of that type ever. And yeah. as he said it, I was just like, okay. All sure. right. Cool. That works. And now we've, we've actually had evidence that's come up over time things that I've been obsessed with, like I've got an obsession with Knights Templars, uh, the Crusades, ancient Rome, the Mediterranean. There's certain parts of the world that I, I feel called to. And I've, I don't, I've never discussed this with anyone and I didn't realize why. Mm-hmm. And then the first thing I, the first time was when he started talking about certain things. I was like, well, that matches up with the thing I'm obsessed with. And I actually, over time, over the last few years, he keeps and I, I I'm not giving him a checklist and this isn't he couldn't research this anywhere mm. things that he speaks about where he's like I've had clear visions of you and I best friends in this situation in this time in this situation or in this time this part of the world I'm like Fuck, he's literally ticking everything off the list here like, wow. <laughs> and the one nice. that freaked me out the most that freaked me out the most I did um I did a, a matrix reading a matrix chart reading with my friend Lena really cool if you guys want i'll hook you up it's really really dope stuff yeah and um yeah remind me shoot me a message i'll connect you up with lena she's, she's really really cool okay and, um, and one of the things that came up was um she said well there's a past life thing being a crusader and one of the reasons why you're so adverse to conflict in this life and i didn't tell her i'm adverse to conflict one of the reasons why you're so adverse to conflict in this life is because in other lifetimes, you have literally imposed your will on people at the mm. point of you're going to kill them if they don't fall in line. And so I was like, all right, cool. Sounds a bit strong, but I was like, oh, well, I do have an impression with the Templars and Crusades. Who knows? Cool. Mm-hmm. Even really whack films to do with that. I just love them. Even really, really rubbish movies. I still have wow. to watch them. Um, and then I did a pineal light session and I had this whole past life senior of being a crusader. And I just thought, oh, it's probably just following on from the session I had with Lena like a year and a half before, maybe just the residual thought of it. I didn't mm. think much of it. But I said, let me ask Tom. Mm. So I was like, Tom, have you ever had anything about us being in the Crusades? He goes, I don't get a hit on it. I was like, all right, cool. Never mind. Left it. And then half an hour later, he sends me a picture of an 11th century Crusader sword. And he goes, I just realized I bought this in Egypt 30 years ago and it's just been sitting in my loft. I didn't know why, but I just felt called. I was walking through a market and I felt called to buy it. And just now I remembered and he goes, I guess we probably were. Wow. That's crazy. That's very cool though. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, I guess then you must've enjoyed the, uh, the Dan Brown book. Um, Da Vinci Code because that had a, a Templar theme to it. Yeah, I'm obsessed with everything to do with um, anything to do with the um, cup, Holy Grail, anything to do with Holy Grail. Um, I when I watched the film Kingdom of Heaven with Orlando Bloom, 
I was like, my heart was in this space the entire time, anything to do with that. And then, but I specifically got a really big ping when at the end, what's his name? Jeremy Irons character says, oh, we're going to go to Cyprus and try our luck in Cyprus. And then I remembered how I had this really big pull when I went to Cyprus. I went to go and do some work in Cyprus a couple of years ago. I was like, mm-hmm. I love here. Why do I want to be here? It's like, it's not anything, anything amazing about it, but Cyprus and I've had the same in Malta as well. So I, I probably was sort of bouncing around as a crusader. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm obsessed. I've always been obsessed with swords since a child and sword fighting and wanting to make swords and own swords and stuff like that. So, yeah. It sounds to me like then we're drawing a definite connection between dreams and the dream state and what I'll broadly call psychic phenomena for lack of mm-hmm. a better term. Yeah. I'd say so. To some extent, definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, for, for me, all of the levels of consciousness all have some connection between, between them. Uh, we have other lifetimes, soul consciousness, mm-hmm. higher self, dream consciousness. For me, these are all bits that make up us in a, a wider, wider perspective and our physical manifestation is just one piece of the puzzle. But we can access them through different um, tools, different modalities. Uh, but I, I, I do my best not to obsess with them because I believe that all of them do have their own independent thing going on too. Mm-hmm. But there are things that can be learned from it. So people that want to jump and, and live in the dream world, right? so you want to basically be an inception where they spend their time going to live in the dream world rather than living in the, in the physical world. It's like that whole playoff but then what was the point in manifesting in physical form anyway, if not to have mm. this part of the experience? So give yourself fully to this experience and allow the lessons and wisdom of those other levels of consciousness to support you expansively having this experience. So it's, it's basically information to use here. Yeah. I mean, well, that because kind of those, those consciousness into... are going on. Sorry, what was that? Uh, I said that kind of ventures into the obsession we're starting to have with virtual reality. Mm-hmm. It's going to be another level of consciousness. Yeah, it it's is a way to more, more, uh, mm-hmm. we're creating almost another level that we can exist in. And then people mm-hmm. are going to be so looped into virtual that they're going to be tapping into the physical in order to form, form the virtual. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's crazy. Like, have you yeah. seen the movie, uh, Ready Player One? Yes. Yeah. So basically. Like yeah. That. Yeah. The world is going that way. I'm sure of it. Uh, I agree. But, but is well, it nature, any real different from say social media? I mean, social media is a way of living virtually. That's what the avatar was spending more and more time in that avatar state. And I think times, time, as time goes on and the technology supports more, more sensory engagement Mm -hmm. in that, like in Ready Player One, where you had like the, the, like the moving treadmill thing that, that, so that you're running, but like you're running, but you're still in the same place. In place, yeah. I think as technology continues to expand and become more widespread around that way, then yeah, people will spend more time living in their avatar state, the same way that people try to run off and spend all their time meditating and live in our body states for me, or even people that use hard drugs in order to escape this reality. It's all mm-hmm. escape, 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 escape. Yep. True. So at what point is it escaping? Is it, at what point is it going to night school and learning something? Well, you go to school, you come back home, don't you? And you actually apply it. Hmm. Interesting distinction. (laughs) (laughs) But if you go to school, you go home to eat and (laughs) and you go back to school again. 
So in other words, you actually come back and apply it in the physical world. You're not completely well, I was, I'd say maybe the applying isn't so much because there are some people that, I mean, look at academics. They don't actually apply anything. Just been there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why they're called academics, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, they, they may be night school academics, but they, the academics, generally speaking, take that information and then give it to others. So the yeah. application isn't in their own life. They empower other people because they have to write papers or they have to do something. Otherwise, they don't get to keep their... The, the job as an academic they, they have to be doing something right. to demonstrate what they're learning so mm-hmm. there is still a product that's produced from the time of schooling um if you're just going to school like van wilder just to escape the world then you know at some point <laughs> dad's going to stop paying for your tuition i think there's also something to be said that um when you have uh a a belief or a uh, drive to explore this stuff, even if you're doing it from an academic perspective, it's not like you have to apply it deliberately. You are applying it. The fact that you're so you know caught up in doing the thing is the application. I don't think there are too many people who are academic who are purely academic, who don't want to apply any of it in their lives. Are there? I mean, everybody's doing whatever they're studying. They're, they're studying it to some degree because they want to apply it in some way. Yeah. Are they really always? Some people I, are just running away, no? I suppose. I guess I, that... I wanted to take psychology just for the hell of it, just just to do something and say I went to college. Yeah, but you weren't going. But the, but I suppose the difference is, but you weren't going to just continue to entire live your entire life in a psychology book, pretending that no. the rest of the world exists, or escaping from the world just to be in psychology. Right. You were dipping into psychology because you enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. No necessary intention, but that you were coming back to your life. Not right. even necessarily applying, but you were coming back to your life. Right, right. Versus, oh, I can't take this world anymore. I'm just going to go and do ayahuasca and commune with my ancestors. Commune <laughs> 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 with my ancestors. Do you know what I mean? Or someone that wakes up, wakes up and gets straight on the crack pipe just to escape. Yeah. You know, there's a... I mean, you don't exactly just... Okay, I've finished with the crack now. I'm just going to get back to being a functioning <laughs> member of society. <laughs> I'm finished with the crack now. I think that's a different meaning to the word it's all academic. I mean, really. <laughs> <laughs> but do, do, do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah, in one instance, you're you know, popping, having a line, and then coming back and functioning <laughs> at work. It's different. Actually, somebody who's been on that, that pipe that long probably is having trouble putting thoughts of any kind together so <laughs> that, that for me this is the same people that if you look at people that have done a lot of plant medicine people that meditate so much they begin to lose and i'm not saying there's anything wrong with it they start to lose you, you can't really depend on them for, for things to be done because they spend so much time with their brain in those brain waves that bringing them back down beta in order to function effectively in three-dimensional reality doesn't happen and right. for me, I'm like, yeah, that's great, mate. But the whole point of coming to the playground was to play. You're just mm. going to have to come back tomorrow. Yes. And so for those people, when they do croak, they're going to have to come back and enjoy another meat soup because they didn't actually do it this time. <laughs> like, well, you know, for me, so for me, I, I, my, my take on it is if we really want to transcend beyond physical form and return back to source permanently, maybe just do the whole physical thing more fully rather than spending the whole time physically trying to run back to source why not 
fully explore and embody everything that's here to be done physically. Mm-hmm. Then you I can check, check, check the boxes. Okay, mm-hmm. I've done that one. I've done that one. I've done that one. I've done that one. I've had that experience. Fully embody life. Life is here to be lived. Fully embody it. It's an interesting thing that anytime I hear a description about what life is like on the non-physical side, invariably it the, the the description leads to the point where the describer says everybody on the other side is focused on here. Mm-hmm. And I say to myself, well, what's going on here? We have all these people here on the physical side saying they're thinking about, you know, what's it like on the non-physical side? we got the people on the non-physical side saying, well, what's going on on the physical side? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. wait a I think that depends on, on, on the consciousness thing. Cause you've got, I mean, when we're talking about non-physical for me, there were different levels to it because you've got non-physical entities that are like us. They're subject to polarity but they operate on a level of density that we don't engage with with our senses. So if you look at the universe and reality, the three-dimensional perspective that we engage with our senses is like that compared to that. If you look at light, for example, mm-hmm. the rainbow against the rest of it is it's, it's, in, it's really, really small. So we, the, the, the way that we express energy as in humans, for want of a better phrase, as matter, is at this level of density. But then you, you tweak it a little bit and you've got, for example electricity you've got all these other things you've got the nature tweak it a little bit more and then you've got other things now there are entities and experience personal physically experience as well as secondhand experience they are like us they are individual egoic entities but they just don't operate at this level of density so if we want to start talking about ufos and extraterrestrials and so on and so forth that's what we're talking about they just operate at high density now, people that are engaging with, you know, other life forms and blah, 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 for me, some of them really just do really that. That's a very different thing for me to those who have passed over. Having passed over is a different thing to being an entity that, that operates on a different level of density. So you passed over, you've basically, this particular piece of the experience, the physical bit, disappears. I love Bruce Lipton's description. He talks about the broadcast being consistent, the broadcast of consciousness. And then the TV screen that is being broadcast through changing. So that's the meat suit that we use. Mm-hmm. So that switches over to another meat suit. But just like us, even those entities are still in this karmic run of going through experiences in the bid to return back to source. So if we're talking about other entities, they can't fully experience everything that we do as humans because they don't have the senses, the senses to do that. The same way as humans, we can't experience everything we do in virtual reality. That's why when we started going back to even the um, the Battlestar Galactica thing about where humans came from, well, that it was actually just higher levels of um, uh, higher intelligences that were doing an experiment, creating their own virtual, and that's where we got this. And so their run to come and come down to engage with humanity is part and parcel of that whole thing of experiencing the that creation that's, that's been done, almost coming into this virtual reality. It's fun. It's an adventure. Now... There's different things that support that, but that's a completely other conversation. But in line with what you were saying, Walt, if we're talking about other entities which don't have the physical form that allows them, for example, to enjoy Kentucky Fried Chicken, right? Mm. That's a very, very different thing to my granny who's now broadcasting through another TV screen. Does that does that make sense? So when people no. say what you're talking <laughs> Sorry, it doesn't. <laughs> it makes sense to me. <laughs> So what I'm saying, basically, those entities are like everything's going on on Earth, everything's going on on Earth is a different 
situation to someone that's passed over and died, his croaked. Because the croaking is human consciousness that's now in another meat suit or is in between meat suits and being spoken to on the other side versus, for want of a better phrase, your Pleiadians or your Andromedans or whatever, whose level of density, how they manifest, doesn't allow them to enjoy physical experiences because they don't have a physical form to do it in. I, I when I when you describe me that I understand the distinction you're making, but I'm thinking in response to that what Abraham says. I mean, Abraham was asked a question one time, and I don't remember what the question was, but the gist of it was, well, you know, we understand what you're saying, but what we're talking about are people who have actually died. People we're talking about dead people, and Abraham's response was, "Who do you think you're talking to?" <laughs> in other words what makes you think that they're two separate groups <laughs> yeah but the thing is once you get but once you get beyond the speed of light or beyond physical form everything's one big clump that's looked at a bit differently this whole separation idea that we are so obsessed with happens at this level of density though so when you start getting beyond this story and seeing things in the grander scheme everything is just energy there is only one thing that's expressing itself in different ways, but we as humans are so obsessed with the separation that we're even killing other manifestations of the same thing and saying different to you. All that means to me is that we can be uh, vibrating, to use the term, at various levels, and we get to decide at any moment in time which level we're vibrating at. And we can be at one moment vibrating at the super high level, and we can decide later on to vibrate at the low physical level, and, and we can shift attention whatever way we want to. At any given time, is that what you're driving at? That's levels of consciousness. I would say. Yeah. Okay. I would say that's different level of what you're explaining there for me, for me personally, is the different levels of consciousness. Some of which we're more deeply able to embody in physical form, and some which we're not. That's why people do practices like meditation in order to get further out of the body. Why people do do plant medicine and other things to get even further out of the body, because mm -hmm. once we are grounded in manifesting in human form then those anchors here do create more of a resistance to experiencing those other levels. So with the dream state, we have to go to sleep, generally speaking, to access it. We can't lose a dream like this. this is, we're awake now. We go to sleep in order to access the dream space. Okay. I, I still don't see what the distinction is, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just missing it, whatever it is. <laughs> it's yeah. not a big deal. Maybe so, here's, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make it really simple. I'm going to take a moment to take a break, and then we'll come back and we'll see if we can you know, iron it out in the last minute of the show, okay? I mean, that, that's the best solution I can think of at this point. So, um, And I did want to get two messages in today. First of all, I mentioned yesterday um, that we're doing a little promo. Uh, we've got a post on Facebook and the LOA Today page that we're using to promote. And I'm looking for um, people who are listeners of the show, to share comments about why they like the show. Hopefully they like the show. That's why they're listening to the show. I'm presuming that they <laughs> like the show. That's why they're listening to the show. You know, so if you are one of the people who is listening and is enjoying it, we want you to go and make a comment. Um, we, lo we love the sharing. That's great. You know, liking is great. All that stuff is great. But I'm really looking for the comments because I want new people who are seeing this post, because we're going to promote this post and we are promoting it, to see what people who are currently listening to the show think about it. And that's the best way they can actually see it quickly. And we have gotten, since my request yesterday, we have gotten people who have made comments. And thank you to those of you who have commented. I'm looking for a whole bunch of them. You know, so I want more comments on there. So listeners, please just take a moment, go to the uh, the Facebook page, just leave a comment. It's the first post on the page. I got it pinned, so it's the very first post at the top. And just share with 
people who are new to this, what, is, what, what do you want them to understand about why you like listening to LOA today? Mm -hmm. Because I, I really want to reach out and get more and more people aware of what our program is about. And if they see a post where there's actually a lot of involvement, I think that that kind of gets you into the mode of, well, maybe I'll pay a little more attention. What is this thing anyway? Yeah. As opposed to one that doesn't have a whole lot of activity. Oh, we'll just kind of skip that one. You know? Yeah. So, yes, please help us with that. And then secondly, if you're not yet a subscriber, obviously we want to continue that message. Please become a subscriber. Go to the homepage of our website, LOAToday.net. And at the top, you'll get instructions on how to become a subscriber. If you're not subscribed, most of you are, which we love. I mean, most of our people are subscribers and they're loyal and they keep listening and we just love them. They're just wonderful. Um, also, check us out on YouTube. And Alex, you're the person who gives the YouTube spiel. How do they subscribe on YouTube? How do you do this on the days I'm not here? I make it up as I go along. <laughs> <laughs> I was just wondering. Okay. So literally I open my mouth, starts, stuff starts to come out and then I stop at some point. That's literally it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's you all day, every day. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with our subscribers. <laughs> so you got that figured out. I'm glad that you understand me. <laughs> <laughs> that I do. That I do. So what you want to do is go to uh, podcast, go to YouTube, search LOA Today podcast videos. And once you see our smiling faces, click down below at the red subscribe button. Next to the red subscribe button, there's a little silver bell. Make sure you click all so you will always be notified when we are live. See, she does it so much better. I need her on the show five days a week, don't you think? Just you so want I to just clock in at like 4.55 every day and just, <laughs> just pop back out and I'll just and now our <laughs> special guest. Like, oh, hold on. Alex is here. We got to do the promos. All right. Bye. <laughs> I'll pop in for like 30 seconds. That'll be cool. You know, that gives us an interesting perspective for what we were talking about before, Dan. Okay. So, so we, we basically did this whole distraction thing and, you know, did these promotional messages and so forth. So bring that back to the vibrational space. First of all, let's point out how high the vibration has gotten just by doing that promo because we're laughing, you know, we're feeling good, you know, so we just raised the vibration up anyway. Mm -hmm. But more to the point that you were trying to make, you, you, I, I, I think I may, maybe I'm not getting this, but I think what you're driving at is, because there are these different levels, it's almost like they are different levels of living, so to speak. They're different levels of, of perceiving reality. I would and, say, I'd say that's a great way to, to, to look at it. Okay. Because right now, we're, we're human, physical. Mm -hmm. We go to sleep. We can be a dream space. We meditate. Then we may be an out-of-body space. If you have an out-of-body experience, you're having another experience. Okay. And... I guess the the question that's still in my mind is, do you feel that we can focus on any one of those at a given moment, at a given instant, or do you believe we can focus in multiple places at a given instant? I think we're limited with our physical brains and what we can do. Um, but when we step a bit wider into who and what we are, we can access more of it. And there are tools that people use to access those, some hacks that people use like plant medicine in order to access other others of those, but they can all be accessed. And how about those who are currently in non-physical form, in the uh, the spiritual form, so to speak? They are don't they... have a physical body aspect. Right. So are they able to access multiple levels all at the same instant? Well, they're actually, they're more fully embodied in one of those levels because they, they don't have the physical form. Mm-hmm. So the physical but I'm wondering where they pay attention is what I'm asking. Where, where is, where is I couldn't focus? say I've never been there. I can't say I've never been there. All I can oh. talk about is logically <laughs> speaking, they don't have a physical body. So that bit is out of, out of, the, <laughs> it's out of the equation. You don't have a physical body. So Kentucky Fried Chicken is something that you can think about. Maybe you can write about it or write poetry about it or even 
philosophically think about or maybe even do a reverse psychic reading and ask them for a description. (laughs) Yeah, it's like if you, like, for example, when speaking to your father, you could ask him, hey, dad, what's it like on the other side? And he can describe it for you in a language that you can understand. But that's a secondhand experience. It's not a firsthand experience for you. All right. So let me ask you this then. This is a story that comes from Abraham Hicks. Mm-hmm. It's a story that Esther tells in the guise of speaking for Abraham. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the story goes that Esther was out behind her, her house one evening, um, mm-hmm. late afternoon, enjoying the beauty of the evening and enjoying, you know, the lush greenery and the sky and the sun and the temperature and the gentle breeze, you know, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And as she was standing there enjoying that, she had this sudden insight. She said, Abraham, is that you? And Abraham replied, ah, you caught us looking through your eyes, smelling through your nose, hearing through your ears, enjoying what you're enjoying. Mm-hmm. So my question is, is that experiencing it vicariously or is that experiencing it directly because they're sharing the senses? Well, look at possession. If you look at possession, which is a, a measurable phenomenon that's happened in some instances, then you have an, a non-physical entity operating through a physical body in order to have a physical experience. And they would claim that they aren't possessing her. They're just sharing the sense, but it's but kind sharing of parallel. Sense, possession is the same thing. It's just one we've got a darker perspective on and one we've got a lighter perspective on. But if you look at it, at its, it's in its raw, like raw data, what's happening here, what's happening there. It's exactly the same thing. Okay. So to answer the question, the question is, is it firsthand or is it secondhand? Well, it depends on how you describe possession, because for me, that's possession. Hmm. By choice and by invitation, but still possession. So is possession firsthand? Is that what you're saying? Um, I don't know how I'd, I don't know how I'd place that, to be honest. Hmm. Okay. I get, I, I get stuck at the possession bit and I, and, and I've never thought of it really, <laughs> but now that it's, it's presented to me, I'm like, well, that's possession. Do I call possession firsthand or secondhand? I call it possession. <laughs> there's, a, there's, there's a philosophical argument to be had around whether it's firsthand if you're observing it through another consciousness, well, there's a, a, a barrier. The first hand is you're experiencing it. You're using someone else's senses, but you're, there's still a filter to your experience. Well, since, since you did a nice little dance round, I'm going to do a nice little dance round too and say basically it doesn't matter whether it's first hand or second hand. The point is they enjoyed it. All right. I like it. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. They enjoyed it. You know, so enjoy your life is all it really comes down to for me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, good discussion. Good topic, Alex. Thank you. Dreams and the law of attraction. That was good. Keep, keep, keep seed plant, keep dreams, dream planting, dream seeding, dream incubating. Keep doing it. All right. I'm just going to keep dreaming. <laughs> just keep dreaming. Do, yeah. Include all that in it. Dream on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I have this feeling it's going to lead to another cool topic on Thursday. Probably. Probably. So you're going to just have to tune in on Thursday, find out what the topics are going to be. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, live streamers. Thank you, especially to our podcast listeners as well. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody.